0: It's TIE Fighter
1: Renegades, a Star Wars podcast.
0: Woo, the golden stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu. I don't, you know, wait a minute, I'm opening this up like a Sovereign This ain't Sovereign baby. This is TIE Fighter Renegades, where once a month, we get together to talk about Star Wars. And of course, when I say we, I mean me. And my dear brother, Robin Freebeard. Robin, welcome once again to TIE Fighter Renegades. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about this month. You know, I remember (laughs) this is the first time I ever quick, quick, very quick story. Okay, Uh, this is the first time I ever learned that the trailer will not always be the same as what's actually in the movie. And that was the trailer for the special editions back in 1997 when they were showing a Jawa falling off of a Ronto. And the Jawa just yells out, oh, teeny!
1: You know? I remember and, that,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, and I thought it was fucking hilarious when I was 16. But then it's not actually in um, the, the special edition of A New Hope. It wasn't, you know, it was when they were going through most Eisley. And uh, and I was like, wow. oh, what the hell? Like, I thought that was the funniest part of the trailer and they didn't put it in. But the yeah, lessons I you remember learned.
1: There's, there was like a swoop like it came in and like scared the Ronto and it reared up and the, the Jawa fell off and he was swinging from the, the harness or whatever it was. Yeah, it was a great Again, show. Like, I remember that so vividly, but I guess it just goes to show how often I've watched the special editions because I don't remember it not being in there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah.
0: You don't remember it not being there, and me, I remember, I, like, I just keep remembering that, fuck, it's not there. God damn it. Anyway, no, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I yeah. mean, you know, if, if if given the choice between, you know, uh, which version of the, the uh, um, you know, Star Wars I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch... Uh, Harvey's special edition, undespecialized editions.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, boy, that's a conversation to have at some point that I think we should get into. Um, you know, but I mean, that's when we have a a maybe at some point if we have a dearth of news, but we certainly don't have that this month around. Um, we have plenty to get into. In fact, some some things that I think we kind of saw coming um, and some things that I think we'll end up speaking, of course that, you know, we'll just say it Feige. Um, and then we have some things that, well, I think are going to be kind of interesting and they come from George Lucas himself. But before we get into any of that, why don't we go ahead and start talking about what we like to open up every show with, or it seems like we open up every show with, and that is the comic books. Um, the star Wars comic books, We've been on a tear with this Age of series for a while, and by and large they have been good. Uh, And right now we're in the Age of Resistance, which I don't think there's anything lined up after this, because what the fuck would be after the Age of Resistance? I guess we won't know until uh, Rise of Skywalker finally drops. Um, But we have our, I think this is the last four of the series, if I'm not mistaken, Rob. Uh, that being Kylo Ren, Rey, Rose Tico, and Supreme Leader Snoke. I think this puts an end to the Age of series. Am I right about that? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll talk about those, and then we're going to get in some in some uh, Galaxy's Edge talk as well. But why don't we go ahead and start off talking about these Age of Resistance comics. Uh, I guess we'll do them one at a time. I will say, though, for me, I think that these, these four issues were a bit of a mixed bag.
2: Um, yeah.
0: Why don't we open it up with the Supreme Leader Snoke one? Because I think this was maybe this and the Kylo comic were the most anticipated of the bunch. Um, the Snoke comic, basically, we spoiler alerts, folks, but basically, you get a story where Snoke is training Kylo, and they actually go to Dagobah to the cave where you basically face your fear, much like, and it's the same exact cave that Luke Skywalker went into in The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Rob, g- give me a breakdown on this comic. I mean, what did you think? Did you think this was an interesting story? Was it interesting to be on Dagobah? I mean, what do you, g- you know, give me your take.
1: Well, I mean, it wasn't really a Snoke comic, was it? I no. Mean, we basically I got got two, Well, yeah, we both basically got two Kylo Ren comics. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah, I guess if you're, you're interested in seeing how Kylo felt, uh, uh you know, walked in Luke Skywalker's footsteps into the dark side cave on, on Dagobah, then, you know, the, you might enjoy this comic. But uh, otherwise, you know, it's, it's really nothing surprising. You don't learn anything about Supreme Leader Snoke. Uh, you don't kind of get any, 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 even any insights on his personalities like you did with, uh, say, General Hux, which that wasn't a great comic either. But at least it, you know, showed us more of who he was.
0: It did explore the character. You're totally right about that. Yeah.
1: Whereas um, Snoke, it doesn't at all. No, it it definitely
0: explores Kylo. And I think it's pointing at what I think is unfortunate. Actually, I want to get your take on this. It does point at, uh, I think Kylo is going to get redeemed uh, in episode nine. I'm more firmly in this camp that that's going to be happening. Uh, mainly that he's going to end up being like, you know, a good guy at the end of the film. I mean, what do you think about that, Rob?
1: Yeah, I mean, that that theory has been floating around ever since mm-hmm. The Force Awakens. And you yeah. know, people are questioning that. Whether you know Kylo was even redeemable after killing his father, I would he, say he's you know. not. But right, but I I do agree with you. I think they're 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 going to try to go that route. Uh, yeah, and 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 I you know I, I since Palpatine is coming back, I have you know uh, just just the inkling that perhaps that his his moment of turning is when realizing that. Palpatine is manipulating him much in the way he did to his grandfather. Aha,
0: aha. Okay, so so basically he's going uh, to have a come-to-Palpatine moment, as I call it from uh, from Revenge <laughs> yeah. of the Sith, where suddenly Anakin's just on his knees in front of Palpatine for no reason whatsoever. Um, and
1: <laughs> Yeah, and so, but inst- instead of going, you know, what have I done, and then deciding to, to go full dark side, he's going to go the other direction. Right,
0: right. Yeah, I think that that's a pretty good prediction. Uh, we predict responsibly on the show, but I don't think that's unfair because basically what happens in this comic is he is being tested to kill his parents and he doesn't do so, uh, right. you know, in this comic book and he destroys the cave on Dagobah, uh, to keep that from being known. Um, I mean, this certainly foreshadows much of Last Jedi where Snoke can't tell what Kylo is actually doing or thinking all the time. Um, but, yeah, I, I just... The anticipation for this comic, at least for me, was, okay, finally we're going to get some answers about Snoke. This character doesn't fucking matter, so finally we can get a comic book that gives us some background. And like you already said, we got nothing about Snoke at all. And and so it just ended up being in my... It was a waste. I don't care right. that it was on Dagobah. You know, it, it doesn't do anything for me.
1: Yeah, it was pretty much... I mean, like, at this point, I mean... I'm just considering the, the character uh, a waste of screen time and comic time. Because, I mean, he's really hasn't served much of a purpose in either the movies or the comics. So, why did they make him?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, well, it's... Uh, <laughs> you know, I, speaking of Palpatine, like I, I'm just thinking of a quote, you've paid the price for your lack of vision, and there's just like a complete lack of vision.
2: Oh,
1: boy, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to...
0: We'll 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 talk more about that. Yeah, minute, we're gonna, I'm sure. I was
1: gonna say there's there's a little bit of foreshadowing there. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah as he has foreseen it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it just it does go to show and, and just the problems with that uh are so apparent with, with this with this comic as well. Um but I guess unless you have more to add on with the with the uh the Snoke comic, um why don't we switch to which I'll, I'll say ahead of time I thought was actually one of the best ones, and I'm surprised at how much I enjoyed it. But
1: I know what you're gonna say.
0: Which, which one do you all right? Go, go, oh, what do you I, think? Rose Tico. I did like the Rose Tico. I was actually gonna say the Kylo one, but oh, okay, I, but I actually really did like the Rose Tico no, I comic did too. as well. Yes, yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, let's talk the Rose comic first. So g- go ahead, g- give me the because I mean, it, it's a story about her and her sister, uh, Paige, right? And g- go ahead, g- give me the breakdown on, on Rose.
1: I mean, first of all, like you, you, the, this, the story is being told by one of the sisters. Right. And at first you think it's the one, but then you find out it's, it's the other, which I thought was really interesting the way that they did that. Um, and it was just it was a really nice sort of intimate story about these two sisters and their family and where they came from and how they became part of the resistance nothing huge happens there's nothing earth shattering that you know changes the star wars universe in a big way but it was a good story yes
0: yeah and leia's role in it was i thought fantastic when she comes in at the end uh and is basically saying to them hey you know i'm if you want to go take out some first order people you know to get your revenge i'm not going to stop you and but then she says but i know a thing or two about you know what it's like to lose an entire planet Right. Um, and, and then she says, you know, like the, something to the effect of, you know, it's a lot of fun to be a thorn in the side of these people for as long as you can, you know, so don't go off on some death mission. And yeah, I, I thought the Rose comic was surprisingly good. I, I, yeah. I was shocked at how much I was enjoying that.
1: Yeah. Much like the, uh, the Java comic in the, uh, the age of rebellion, uh, Right. the one that you least expect to the, them to put a lot of effort into turned out to be one of the better stories in this entire series
0: yeah yeah absolutely um even finding out that like rose is a shitty pilot i mean a lot of these things there were just nice little additions that gave us a little bit more with that character that frankly i was feeling like i needed um and i didn't know i i didn't know how much i well this is a problem with the the sequel trilogy entirely is that we don't have a whole lot of any of these characters right um and this is apparent unless you have more to add with rose This is apparent in the other comic that I didn't like. So this is kind of a half and half for me with these four comics. I did not like the Ray comic, um, because it was another one where I felt I got absolutely nothing. And it actually added into, it added to me to the fact that I I am, I am having a very hard time understanding why anybody gives a shit about this character, uh, because we have nothing and episode eight gave us nothing. Um, I mean, it wasn't like bad, but it felt like one of those forces of destiny comics where it's like this or, uh, uh, shorts, you know, video mm-hmm. shorts, where it's like this little story that happens in between things and it's just there for seemingly nothing. And, and again, I just don't feel like I got anything of the character
1: and I, right.
0: Here and it it helped me. Yeah,
1: go ahead. It's a, it's a lack of character development. And, and yeah. then the problem with the character, you know, throughout all the movies so far. Uh, right. and, and, you know, you feel like they keep leaving, hint, dropping hints and saying, you know, hey, there's there's more character development to come. But, like, you know, we're, we're two movies deep. We're coming into the last movie of the trilogy, and you've done all these books and comics and everything. And and that's basically all you do, you've done is try to build up hype and hints about this character acti- actually having character. Mm-hmm. And thus far, she still doesn't.
0: Yeah, and to make it worse, now one of the things I've enjoyed with this Age of series, I actually do largely uh, like the kind of the, the the essays at the end of the comics where they're talking about the characters and what they mean to people and everything. Right. When I read the one about Ray, and they're talking about how oh, this is the hero for all those little girls and for us, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like. I don't know, and, and believe me, I want little girls to have heroes, like, I, I and, and representation on screen and all that. I, I want that so bad. Like, I I totally understood uh, the essay at the end of the Rose comic, where it's just like, finally I'm seeing, like, you know, an Asian character in Star Wars and one that means something's a hero and all this. Like, sure, right. I can understand that completely. But um, but I I don't get it with this with, with, with Ray. Like, I mean, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't buy into it. It's not the Mary Sue bullshit. It's none of that. It's just, we don't have anything. Right, and we don't even have as much as we got with Leia in one movie. Where Leia, we understand, okay, she's like she's a senator, she's really young, so clearly she's driven. Uh, she loses her planet. She can, uh, you know, she's not afraid to jump into a garbage chute. I mean, like, there's a million things we know about Princess Leia from A New Hope alone, and with Rey, we're two movies deep. There's books. There's, uh, I mean, there's so much, or there should be so much, but we don't know jack shit. Right. and and I don't think we have enough character development. Absolutely. I mean, what what do you got on that?
1: Well, I mean, you know, I just I hate always coming back to the original trilogy because I feel like a lot of fans talk about that. And usually it's really like their their arguments aren't that cogent. But in this case, like, you know, at least with Empire Strikes Back, you laid down some, you know, heavy plot and character development with Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: you didn't have anything like that for Ray. Now, you know, Luke starts out as just a farm boy and you know kind of steps into this wider universe and becoming you know you know a hero in his own right and you know ray does pretty much the same thing in the first movie so i didn't really have a problem with the you know the way she was being developed in the first movie that was all you know very you know predictable and following in the footsteps of you know the 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 hero's journey but when you come to the second movie you know it's like they they didn't give us any you know payoff for investing in this character and wanting to believe in her. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and I could go, and I I agree with you about like, you don't want to go back to the original trilogy too much. I mean, that was just some kind of magic, but I mean, even Padme was a far better developed character in episode one than everything we've gotten about Ray so far. And we're two movies deep. And again, there's, there are, you know, at least short stories. There's, there's all kinds of things. And and I just don't feel like that. There's certainly not worth the praise that this character is getting like, that's the part that I don't get. Um, So anyway, the the comic didn't do anything for me. I mean, what go, go ahead.
1: Yeah. I mean, I get it in terms of um, it's here again, it's all about marketing and I hate that it comes down to that. Sure. But you know, like you said, uh, it's, it's not that we don't want uh, female characters to have representation and to be in the limelight and to be the heroes, but uh, you do a disservice to everybody involved when you don't do it right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. I mean, I want Ray to be a great character. Right. Like, and I was, because going into episode eight, I was so goddamn hopeful. You have no idea. I mean, there's so many things I wanted Ray to be as a character. Like, I wanted the great character and I just didn't get it. And I want the great female lead. I mean, I really, really do. Yeah. Um, and and it, yeah, it, it just wasn't there. And this comic just doesn't help. And it really, it just shines a light on how not great of a character uh i mean daisy ridley's a great actress i'm not taking anything away from that um and i think she's she's probably like a very fun person i mean but so i'm not blaming her i'm not even necessarily blaming the writers i don't know whatever just just this character's not being handled right and and i just and i'm having a very hard time grasping how anybody could praise this character in even the same league as Padme or Leia or anything like that, because she's just not there yet. Maybe after Rise of Skywalker, she will be, but it's just not
1: there right now. I I certainly hope so. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I don't enjoy talking about any Star Wars character like this, especially not the lead of the right. new series.
0: Right. Right. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't like it either. So, I mean, how did you feel about the comic? Did you enjoy it? If you did, great. I mean, I, I'm just... It was
1: okay. I mean, I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't yeah. really like it either. You know, it was just sort of like this really quick in-between moment between, you know, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. hmm
0: Yeah, and I don't feel like there's any... I don't know, because, like, a lot of these Age of comics have a lesson learned, you know, or something, and I, I don't even think that was there. Uh...
1: Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it, it just kind of seemed to be a, a, a moment to be cute, you know, where, like, Chewbacca gets, you know, sprayed with the foam and everything. And
0: Yeah, right, right. Yeah, like, that that's meant to be kind of fun. Yeah. 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 Well, let's shift gears, I guess, to the Kylo comic. Now, ironically, because this is a good lead-in for that, the Kylo comic, I thought, was awesome. And, in fact, I knew pretty quickly, like, as soon as I saw the Zillow Beast, I was like, yes. oh, fuck, yeah, it's on. Yeah. It is because that is something that I know the star Wars universe is waiting to use more. Um, But what it highlighted for me, here's the difference is that I thought the Kylo comic was phenomenal, but it also shows how we're not getting how the Kylo in that comic is not the Kylo we're getting in the movies. We're getting a whimpering baby, you know, and I, and I say that, I don't mean that as an insult to babies. We're getting a, a whimpering baby in the in these movies, in Kylo Ren, as to where in this comic, this is the son of Vader, or the grandson of Vader. This right. is the guy who's, you know, kicking ass and could, like, actually lead the First Order and so on. Like, uh, well, uh, you know, spoiler alert, spoiler alert again, when he dives into the mouth of the Zillow Beast, I, you know, I knew it was going to happen. I was like, Oh, that's so great! And it shows why he needs to wear that fucking helmet. I mean, it was so well done. Um, his banter with the with the old stormtrooper was funny. It, I mean, this was a very very well written comic, in my opinion. But again, what it does is is it shows. Okay, this is the Kylo we could have had. We didn't get, and you know what a shame. But that doesn't mean the comic was bad. The comic was awesome. It's just that the treatment of the character, certainly at least in Episode Eight was uh, was piss poor. Um, wh- what do you got, Rob, on this one?
1: Yeah, I agree with you completely on this. In uh, and, and fact, I think it's interesting because the other comics that Kyle is in, including Hux and uh, Snoke, um, that's actually closer to being the Kylo Ren we know from the movies. Right. Yeah, I agree so, with that. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's an awesome comic, but it is a little strange to to see him, you know, sort of be the kind of person that kylo ren imagines himself to be you know and thus far we've only kind of gotten that hint that you know this is this is what he he sees himself as being and this is who he wants to be but mm-hmm. he until this comic he hasn't really lived up to that
0: yeah yeah i mean a- everything about it the story set up even him wanting to like just try and prove to be better than vader in some sense that's a very sith thing to do right you know uh i mean everything about it just made sense and fuck it was so great to see the Zillow Beast back, uh, you know, after Clone Wars like that, because this is this is a creature for those that don't know about the Zillow Beast, this is a creature that lightsabers can't cut through. They are practically indestructible. Um
1: and which is like, interesting that he's able to cut his way out of it.
0: <laughs> that, that is kind of weird, right? That you can go yeah. the soft flesh. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's something
0: like a maker hook in Dune where you can like open up uh, one of the circles on, on a worm to where you could get right. it soft flesh, you know, something like that. But that is kind of that does seem to be a little bit of a, of a flub. Like, wait, he can go through it, but he can't go anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked and it was believable and it was a good time, at, you know, to see to see that happen to a Zillow beast. Um, because again, these things are like, they are the Godzilla's of the star Wars universe and they're so cool. They're great in clone wars we knew Palpatine had plans for them. And, and yeah, I just thought it was fantastic.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about this more later, but, um, it's, it, it is really nice to see the Zillow beast because it's, it's a signal that, uh, they're correcting a mistake that, that, that Disney has made since they took over the franchise, which is ignoring the prequels.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And, and, I mean, and really, yeah, the Clone Wars, you know, more specifically in this case. And, and, yeah, yeah I think they are trying to make, well, up I for consider
1: that. the Clone Wars part of the, the prequel, you know, yes. saga. so I mean,
0: yeah, they make the prequels good. I mean, I'll, I'll admit that as well. Um, so yeah, they make uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, they make them better. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so a mixed bag, I think you would say, Rob. I mean, would you agree, like, it's too for two, or you know, like, too good, too bad, or yeah,
1: or? yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think saving the Kylo one for the end was a smart move because it left the series with, I think, a really solid closer. Um, And I think it also maybe sets us up for the Kylo Ren that we're going to see, hopefully, see in Episode Nine, who is, you know, basically body slamming people, you know, and going through armies like Hulk Hogan. And uh, you know, I'm 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 all about that. So anyway, do you want to talk about the Galaxy's Edge comic?
1: Actually, I have a question for you. Please. So since we've we pretty much determined that you know we we're finishing out the age of resistance comic here. Yeah. Uh I would assume now that we're pretty much done with these age of comics altogether this entire series. Mm-hmm. Out of out of the three different eras which was your favorite? Ooh.
0: I you know I got to give it to uh Age of was it Age of Republic when it was the prequel ones. Okay. I yep. thought those were like the Qui-Gon comic was fucking yeah. great. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought all of them were, and even the Grievous comic was shockingly good. Right. Um, and the Dooku I, comic. The Dooku comic was good. All all of that, yeah, just worked. Uh, the Anakin comic was was really cool. Um, yeah, I I, I really love that Age of Republic. How about you? Yeah,
1: I, I I think I think in terms of 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 overall consistent quality, it was with Age of Republic.
0: Yeah, yeah, which goes to show, like those characters are minds waiting to be tapped into um you know to just keep doing more with uh you know th- th- i think the prequel characters have done well i mean i think of like dark disciple and even books from the old eu where they did really really well in other venues and so mm-hmm. you know even if people didn't like them in the movies i think they have strong sets strong character sets to run with in other media and i and i hope that they keep doing so absolutely yeah, yeah. So uh, you want to rock Galaxy's Edge? Let's do it. Now this is so this is a five-issue mini series, um, and we are going to get into the Galaxy's Edge Black Spire book after this, uh, because both of these were kind of running concurrently. Uh, they sort of run into each other. This series spends a lot of time going back and forth in time, where uh, you have a character which is Doc Ondar, who is an Ithorian um, that you encounter in the Black Spire book, in the Galaxy's Edge novel. Um, but he's kind of the main guy in this in this whole comic series. And we get appearances from Greedo, amazingly, because, again, it goes in the past. Uh, Han and Chewbacca. Uh, you have um, Hondo's in it, Dr. Aphra's in it. I mean, so you get a who's who of Star Wars throughout this because of these stories that get, get told around this meta-narrative. Um, I... I actually, I mean, by and large, I thought it was, at first, I was like, oh, they're just using this to bring in other, co- you know, other characters in the galaxy." Right. Edge story isn't strong enough. But I found myself overall enjoying the story. Um And when Dr. Aphra came in, that worked. And Hondo's funny, you know. Yeah. I overall like the comic series. That's that's really what I have to say about it. I mean, right. how about I you, mean, Rob?
1: It, it's, not, it's not that what you were initially, your initial judgment was wrong. That's absolutely what they were doing. Yes, was was bringing all these characters into Galaxy Edge in order to, you know, strengthen the their perception of, you know, Galaxy's Edge brand Mm -hmm. in general. Uh, But, yeah, overall, the 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 comic was 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 pretty good. Um, I even got to say, I I really love the cover art. Yes. Just about all these issues. The the artists they got. Tremendous. Tom, I
0: can't think of his name. Tom something. But yeah, fantastic. Tom, like Keller or something like that. He was awesome. I I totally agree with you there.
1: Yeah, really just high quality, like true artwork. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I was impressed. I was impressed by that. Yeah, Uh, like the one with with the the cover with uh, with Hondo on it. I mean, that's something I would put on my wall.
0: Oh yeah, no, it was definitely, it was that good. I, I agree, it was that good. Maybe it's Rob Rice. Anyway, regardless, the covers were, were awesome for this. I, I agree with you there. Even a lot of the variants, if you looked up some of the variant covers, were, were really, really slick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, and the other part that I think made it work was that when you got to issue five, all of these little heist stories that you get throughout the whole thing actually come together. Like, the baby Sarlacc right you know like suddenly starts attacking the first order and that was something that you know han and chewbacca were dealing with before even i guess it was before even a new hope when that happened um so yeah like it it paid off like you you got lead up and and at the at first it seems disjointed but then at the end you're like oh no this actually all comes together and and it it was it worked really really well
1: what did you think about them using greedo I, you know,
0: I actually, I thought it was funny because like I when Greedo's acting like a badass, uh-huh. and like they even give him that great double page hero shot, you know, he's like, don't worry, I got this. I'm Greedo. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I never oh, miss. Yeah, I never, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I never miss. I thought that was so funny. I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, in fact, I kind of, there was a part of me, it, it didn't end up this way, but I wouldn't have minded if it did. Uh, I thought they were going to like make Greedo like this really, really bad dude instead of a flub you know, instead of a fuck up. And it would have been like a snide way of making fun of the Han shot first uh, or not making fun of, but, but like resolving the Han, sh- Han shot first argument by, you know, making that seem more and more ridiculous. You right. know, because actually, no, Greedo would never miss. Um, Han had to have shot first. You know what I mean? I thought that's where they were going to go. They didn't go there, but that's fine. It, it yeah. worked. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was very pleased with that. Uh, again, yeah, Hondo was funny. I mean, I don't know. It, it all It all worked out. Um, any other comments on on Galaxy's Edge uh, the comic book?
1: no, i th- I think it's um you know they're they're not tremendous comics, but they're definitely a worthwhile read. it's it's not it's not required reading, but it's definitely a worthwhile read,
0: yeah, yeah. and and I think that the the sword in it will you know maybe have uh, something a greater role to play in the future. You
1: know, it, oh, go it's, ahead. It's interesting you mentioned that because when they first hinted it at it being a sword, I initially thought it was going to be the uh, the lightsaber from the, the Secrets of the Empire uh, thing, the, the VR experience at the Void. Oh, okay. Because I know, I they, do know they, a long time ago, they dropped that they were going to bring that up again at some point. And yeah. to my knowledge, they still have it. So I thought, oh, maybe this is it. But it wasn't. So it's, it's another sword. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean and and i liked the the sword was like i love the ad a i love that they went to Moraban that, that was, was
1: great yes yeah,
0: that was that was a winner going to the sith homeworld fuck yes uh and i think that alone makes it worthwhile um but i i like that they talk about like the the ideology behind this sword was the sith thought no lightsabers are for are for wussies or something you know whatever they're whatever, however they phrase it um, yeah. not that i like to use that term for the weak it's for the weak. Right, yeah, they're kind
1: go. of implying that you know that it was a it was a crutch, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which this was in the old EU, and I like this a lot. The original, original Sith Empire, even before yes. the Darth Bane stuff and whatever, they used like these poison or like these these uh, chemically edged swords that right. could actually deflect a lightsaber,
2: right. but they were it was, real
0: uh, steel.
1: That
2: go
0: was
1: ahead. From the uh, the tales of the Jedi, the uh, the the brother and sister. Uh, who who ended up getting those swords from the uh, the spirit of who was it? Um, I can't remember now, but he. I know it's with. Up, a, yeah, Marco. Yeah, yeah. Something, yeah, Marco Ragnos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marco Ragnos. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, yeah, and and they ended up getting two of these similar swords. Uh, you know, they inherit them from from the Sith. So it's kind of it is kind of a cool nod to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like that. I like that attitude of, you know, like that lightsabers aren't the end all be all. And, uh, you know, it's nice for star Wars to keep, you know, kind of playing this up, uh, or, you know, uh, having a, a mini arms race in the more mystical aspects of it.
2: Right.
0: Um, yeah, I, I dug that a lot. So the Moraband is, I, like I said, I think that's worthwhile to, to check out and it does look very much like the world we'd see in uh, something we might mention later, that being the game Jedi Academy. Uh, so it, it was a nice touch. Um, Anyway, so the Galaxy's Edge comic, yeah, take it or leave it, but I think it's a worthwhile read. And it does give some uh, context and pretext to the novel of, uh, of Galaxy's Edge, which is titled Galaxy's Edge Black Spire uh, by Delilah S. Dawson. Um, this book is, now I'll tell you, when I first started it, and I think we even hinted at this um, in the last TIE Fighter Renegades, when I first started, I'm like, holy shit, I have to go through this. This book is, you know, 15 hours long. Why the fuck am I doing this? It's by Delilah S. Dawson. Let's see. What did she write last? Oh, Phasma. Wow. You know, this is going to be amazing. I I can't. That that book is such a turd.
1: Yeah. In Uh, fact, I think we even talked about it before the last show. And we were saying, and I was like, you know what? I I think I'm going to pass on this one. I appreciate you taking one for the team. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And, you know,
0: and to be to be clear this is, and I didn't realize it was going to be this. This is absolutely a sequel, a direct sequel to the Phasma novel. Uh, You wouldn't think so, but it was, I mean, and you get characters from the Phasma novel that are the main characters in this and so on. But yeah, I tweeted, uh, and I know you'd seen this, Rob. I tweeted when I finished it, I said, Holy shit. Like where did this great book come from? And I'm not kidding. Like I thought I was so mind blown at how well this was done. It, is there anything in it really that adds to the greater Star Wars universe, which is what I often want out of these book out of these books? There's some things that that actually hint at that, uh, and I'm sure that more has to do with what you learn about the greater Star Wars universe by actually going to the park of Galaxy's Edge. Right. But the characters in this, the the writing, the the Indiana Jones esque moments in it, where they're like exploring these, these caves from this ancient race, um, the gathering together of like this mini, it's, it's all about this building up a resistance base on Batu, uh, at Black Spire, all of these things came together and God damn it, did I have a good time? Like I, yeah. I thought it was, and even, uh, 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 Leia is in it, General Organa's in it and her presence, albeit brief at moments, like even when the character, the lead character of Vi, who's also from the Phasma novel, when she's thinking about Leia, like, you just you feel I, I, I can genuinely remember getting goosebumps and I can also remember like laughing out loud at a lot of points in this book. I thought it was absolutely dynamite. I can't believe that because I thought this was going to be an, a, a just just a piece of shit. Right. Uh, but, Rob, I mean, t- give me give me some thoughts on this one. We, I mean, we can deep we can. Well, I mean, like I, more, I said,
1: originally I, I wasn't going to read it at all. Uh, right. And then I saw your tweet and I was like, OK, well, I mean, you know, if it's got Brian's endorsement, then I have to check it out. So, uh, you know, I downloaded it uh, off of, uh, you know, Audible uh, that night and yeah. started listening. To it and I, I was pleasantly surprised with how good it was. Uh, in fact, Brian and I were talking about it before we started the show. And I was saying, you know, like, really, this, is, this book is what Alphabet Squadron should have been. Yes. Now tell in me in more about of, that. In terms of character development and just the tone of the story. And, and I'll tell you, like, a lot of it comes down to, like, the like to me, in my opinion, uh, Alphabet Squadron's biggest flaw was it's, you know, uh, the, the lack of the quality of the character of the leader of right. the squadron. Uh, right. The guy was just such a bastard, yeah. you know? And not only that, but he's one of these guys who's, like, he's a bastard, he's terrible at his job, and yet he thinks he's great at his job. Right. Whereas Vi is the complete opposite is, is that you know she has flaws. she's kind of she's kind of a broken character right from the start of the, the, the book. And yeah. then she pulls it together and you know like starts you know uh, a resistance movement on this planet on her own. It's practically, you know well, she has the help of of, of, the, of the the other main character, the uh, the ex stormtrooper. Yeah, but, Archex. Yeah, it's like, but yeah, yeah. just, it, but but her being the leader and and the quality of the kind of leadership that she provides, uh, it's just it's night and day. Like I said, I really think if 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 we had that kind of character in Alphabet Squadron, it would have been a much better book.
0: Yeah, and yeah, the character of Vi was great. Which again, she was in Phasma, um, and she was being interrogated by the character of Cardinal, who now. Right. Converts to the resistance more or less, right. and his name is Archex in this, and that's the guy who you were just talking
1: about. Right. Um, and I, and I still imp- haven't, I still oh. haven't read Phasma, and I enjoyed this book, so don't think yeah. you have to go back and read Phasma to enjoy this book.
0: No, you don't. Yeah, you absolutely don't, because I mean, it, it, it's a minor part of the story, really, uh, in in Phasma. Um, I was impressed at how grown up uh, this book was, because like Archex tries to put moves on Vi during this and tries to get a kiss and everything. And, and Vi, this is more of where you get this broken character where she's like, she's not into people. You know, she says she doesn't fall in love and she's not into like getting hit on and everything.
1: But yeah, I wouldn't say she's broken. She's just, she's just, my interpretation is she was just an asexual person, which, I mean, that's great that you have that kind of representation now in Star Wars, because I don't think that really existed before.
0: No, that's a great point for you to bring up, and I actually apologize for being so conventional on that, because that, that is a great point to bring up, but I also think that it's, it's kind of a, a snide way of like people who are really into star Wars with maybe not hitting on the character when she's actually at the theme park, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I shouldn't, I shouldn't say she's broken for that. Yeah. I, think she
1: I of, didn't, yeah, I didn't think about it in that terms either. I mean, I, I, maybe that's what they were thinking when they were developing the character. I don't know that, 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 that's an, a great, great explanation of why they would do that but yeah, at right. the same time. Like, you know, Completely innocent of, of thinking of any of those things. I appreciate that they, they went that direction with that character.
0: Yeah, but it was great, though, that she's like, well, you know, like I'd even when she says to Archex, I'd even be your wingman, you know, in helping him get a right. girlfriend and stuff like right. this. And I was like, oh, I'll be a wingman. Like that just felt very adult. And they, she's also explicit in saying that she's not into like men or women, which right. normalizes, you know, bisexuality or lesbianism as well. Which I, I thought was fantastic. I was like, "Oh, this is this is so cool!" Like, because I feel bad because I've ripped on the Phasma book so hard, but Delilah S. Dawson can write her ass off, and yeah. I, I have to give her credit for that. For a book that sh- that really should have been a throwaway book, like this should have just been pure marketing for that goddamn theme park, and it ends up being uh, really, I think, a top ten Star Wars novel. It was so well done.
1: Yeah, it is really good, and and like I say when they when they did have that moment uh, between Vi and Archex where he tries to hit on her and it kind of comes out is that, you know, she's an asexual person. I just, I literally just lifted my said, thank you. Thank yeah, you right. so much for doing this.
0: Yes. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, look folks, I mean, don't confuse us. Like when we were talking about that Ray comic earlier, we're all for this character, you know, for, for these kinds of characters, for this kind of representation. I mean, I'm totally on board right. with that personally. And I know you are too, Rob. Um, so, yeah, it was nice to get it delivered uh, and to have some great new characters. Uh, it almost feels like a shame that to get the rest of the story, you do have to go to the theme park because I don't think the theme park, as good as it may be, can deliver uh, more on these characters. Or if anything, hopefully we get more Galaxy's Edge novels. I'm I, I'm surprisingly wanting those uh, right yeah. now.
1: Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I read an article earlier this week that, you know, uh, I guess... Uh, galaxy edge isn't doing as much business as disney would like yeah Uh, in fact uh business at disney parks overall is 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 in a slump from what i understand And, and and it's unfortunate because um they from what i was reading the article they don't really acknowledge what the problem is is that they think it's 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 the lack of the content uh but they're not willing to acknowledge that it was the price hikes and the hype that they put into it ahead of time—that really caused the problem.
0: Yeah, I mean they did, I mean it was a hike as far yeah, as raising it was that a, price.
1: it was a huge hike, and not only that, you know, like the the like a very popular thing, especially in here in Southern California, is a lot of people buy those season passes, and right. they blocked out a huge number of dates. Where people could use their season passes, where they could they could have gone to the park before. I think it's like you know you can't even go on Fridays anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, they did change that up as well. Um, Yeah, it's yeah, I I hear you, and but it's a shame because like I think they set up something really really special. I mean, because like all the stuff about this ancient race that that was on Batu is was very interesting. Like, yeah, I, I thought know, they were.
1: Sit- Go ahead. You know what it reminded me of was the um, the the stuff they had in the uh, the Battlefront Two novel, uh, the uh, Inferno Squadron book.
0: Oh yeah, that
1: and that remi- and it, like it was it was very much like well very well done in both cases, and, and yeah. I hope they explore more of sort of like this this idea that Star Wars has an ancient history that goes beyond the Jedi and the Sith.
0: Yeah, yeah, and similar to also like on on Naboo where you have the elders. Like you see in episode one, there's all these statues um, that you think maybe belong to the Gungans or something, mm-hmm. um, but no, you actually find out it was it was a much older race. Right. on Naboo, and they just they're called the elders, and nobody knows a whole lot about them. Um, yeah, I love these kind of mysteries, and 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 boy, it just it'd be a shame if we don't get some kind of payoff somewhere with some of this stuff. Uh, bottom line, I guess. So anyway uh anything else to add with uh, black spire
1: um like i said i like, here again very pleasantly surprised i actually want to go to the park now yeah, like, yeah i wasn't yes i wasn't really that excited about going before i kept on saying you know i'll go eventually i you know i'll just i'll just wait until it's the right time now right. i'm actually kind of eager to go
0: yeah same here actually i, I thought the same thing um And I was like, you know what, after after reading this, now I want to see this shit. Like, Because Batu, again, Delilah Dawson's, her writing was great because it felt so fully realized. And maybe they just let her walk around the park for a while and she just took notes, I don't know. But it it really felt, this felt very real. It felt like stakes were, there were stakes, you know, being uh, around the table. I mean, it was just, it was really, really something. Uh, I I was impressed. Well, anyway, we can, uh, I guess we can shift this up and... Well, why don't we talk about, why don't we get in some news, uh, get away from the reviews for a minute, and let's talk about none other than Uncle Bob, that being Bob Iger uh, <laughs> of Disney. So Uncle Bob, he, uh, <laughs> I'm just like reminded of the line from Terminator 2, you know, where the guy's like, oh, Uncle Bob. Huh? Uh, Uncle Bob? <laughs> <laughs> this is Uncle Bob. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Uncle Bob, he wrote a book <laughs> that had a very, that a lot of people pick something out from uh, that I kind of, I, I don't know. I want to, I want to I wanna wonder, if, I wonder if this is calculated. I feel like every autobiography or every biography of some kind is calculated in some form or fashion, but I don't know what the calculation is around this, but basically Hollywood, Hollywood reporter pulled out a bit of an excerpt from this where, and and here's the headline. Bob Iger reveals George Lucas felt, quote-unquote, betrayed by Disney's Star Wars plans. Now, to to get into what it said in the book, I'm going to read a little bit from the story here. Link is in the show notes if people want to read it all for themselves, because I'm not going to read the whole story. But here we go. In the book, Iger explains that Disney purchased Lucas's outlines for three new movies when it made a deal to acquire Lucasfilm in 2012. Although that purchase was, in part, made out of a sense of obligation. It's suggested, and this is from the book, quote, We decided we needed to buy them, the chief exec writes of the decision made with studio head Alan Horn. Though we made clear in the purchase agreement that we would not be contractually obligated to adhere to the plot lines he'd laid out, end quote. As it turned out, Disney and Lucasfilm didn't follow Lucas's lead for the new movies, a decision Lucas discovered when Lucasfilm head Kathleen Kennedy and Star Wars The Force Awakens writers J.J. Abrams and Michael Arndt met to discuss the new trilogy and specifically the 2015 installment. Quote, George immediately got upset as they began to describe the plot and it dawned on him that we weren't using one of the stories he'd submitted during the negotiations, uh, Iger writes. Quote, George knew we weren't contractually bound to anything, but he thought that our burying the story treatments was a tacit promise that we'd follow them, and he was disappointed that his story was being discarded. I'd been so careful since our first conversation not to mislead him in any way, and I didn't think I had now, but I could have handled it better. Uh, and then there's one last bit. George felt betrayed, and while this whole process would never have been easy for him, we'd gotten off to an unnecessarily rocky start. End quote. So that's from Bob Iger's, uh, from Uncle Bob's book. And basically, I mean, we've had hints, and I think we've talked about it in past TIE Fighter Renegades episodes, of what George Lucas had in mind Mm -hmm. for the sequel trilogy, which more or less had to do with the midichlorians and the Wills being some kind of, they're actually malicious, they were nefarious forces um, in the galaxy at large. And I've heard from some people who have supposedly actually read these treatments. Um, I haven't heard from them personally, it's kind of a secondhand thing where I've heard from people who've heard from people that while these may not have been like blockbuster movies, they sure as fuck would have been interesting movies that George Lucas had in mind because these people have read the entire treatments. Apparently, um, I, this definitely, I, I want to get your thoughts on it, Rob. I mean, this definitely speaks to me that, well, I don't know what vision Disney ever had, if any. I mean, not just vision in what 7, 8, 9 would be, but just like, what the fuck did they even have planned for Star Wars? Did they have any kind of plan for, other than, I know Bob has said, Bob Iger has said that they had like a hundred year plan for Star Wars, but I don't know. I mean, g- give me your, give me your thoughts yeah, on this,
1: well, Rob. I mean, first of all, like you were questioning as to the, the, the overall intent of this. I mean, to me, this reads like damage control. Nah, okay. And I've talked about this, about Bob Iger before, and how I've pretty much theorized that he's essentially uh, micromanaged uh, his stewardship of, of the Star Wars universe under Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, much of the, I, I, I think Bob Iger is to Star Wars as Kevin Feige is to Marvel. Aha. In Basically, a lot of ways, and I think I yeah. think in a lot of ways, uh, Kathleen Kennedy has kind of had to play, you know, passenger seat or backseat driver to to uh, Bob Iger, uh, yeah. Where he's really the one who's kind of like making a lot of the major decisions in terms of this. So I think like when a lot of people like criticize Kathleen Kennedy, I think, th- and this bears this out, that Bob Iger is really the one to blame for a lot of these decisions.
0: Right. Right. And he's kind of he's kind of fessed up to that in the past as well, like at call meetings where he said, "Yeah, having this having solo come out in May was a mistake," you right. know, like he, he he I think he knew he botched that fucker up. Right. Um,
2: but yeah, I mean, well, no, that, and like, go ahead. There,
1: there's there's another quote that follows uh, the ones that you uh, uh, mentioned, and that he says uh, when talking about you know uh, uh, George, he said... There weren't enough versional or te- technical uh, leaps forward. He wasn't wrong, but it also wasn't appreciating the pressure we were under to give ardent fans the film uh, quintessentially that was quintessentially Star Wars. And, uh, you know, like this right here kind of points out like how kind of Bob Iger misses the point. It wasn't about technological leaps, leaps forward. Yes, George always did that with his movies, but he was always more interested and pushing the story in directions it never been before, and the fact that he didn't pick up on that as being the main criticism, I think says everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it goes on a little bit in this um, in this story where he does say that that George did, George Lucas didn't seem to like the fact that these movies were visually and tonally reminiscent of the earlier films which right. has been a criticism by people long before any of these statements came out of like say particularly the force awakens that it was just way too much like a new hope like beat for right. beat you know and and i i get that
1: and um and and, and, it did, and just just to further the point you know it was it was apparent very early on from disney's takeover star wars they were trying to distance themselves from the prequels which were very much different tonally and in story than the original trilogy and right. i feel like this george's idea for the sequel trilogy would have been just as much of a departure from the previous two eras yeah yeah and i also have a theory as to why they didn't use those treatments and it'd be interesting if we could find out from any people who have read them but my theory is, is that uh you're correct in you know uh the the idea that the the wills or you know the mid aquarians were gonna mm-hmm. end up or at least part of it was going to be some sort of nefarious force
2: mm-hmm.
1: and my thought was is well the, eventually they'll end up you know uh defeating you know this this nefarious force, but that will remove the force from the universe right, and then wheres Disney gonna make money from Star Wars if there's no force going forward?
0: yeah yeah i mean it does right and so that's why they didn't bother because right,
1: right. then and, what
0: makes star wars special is gone right.
1: and, and here again you know was what was the di- the vision that disney had when they they took on star wars it was dollar science of course it yeah was. yeah i mean i
0: think george so so this speaks to uh the problem between making art and making money because i think that that's not an even dichotomy and I, in fact, I I dare say, and I've been really have been having a hard time with this lately, with not just Star Wars, with a lot of franchises, where it seems pretty clear that you or to me that by and large, you can't make great art and make great money. I mean, you can have lightning in a bottle like A New Hope, you know, or like the original trilogy in general. But I do think you run into that into that very real problem where you can't do like crazy billion dollars of money and make great art at the same time. Well,
1: well, yeah, that's the problem is is it used to be that people would make great art. Mm -hmm. And then after people recognized how great the art was, the the studios or whoever was in charge would come out and find out how to monetize that popularity. Now it's backwards. It's like, okay, let's figure out how we're going to monetize the art before we make it.
0: And the, yes, and we know that this happens. In fact, a great example, and maybe when this started, and I could almost argue that movies have gone, down, have gone downhill since, would be 1998 with Batman and Robin. We know for a fact with, the, with Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin, which is a shit film, okay? I love Batman forever. Batman and Robin was horrible. Batman and Robin, we know that uh, uh, whoever the toy company was, I don't know if it was Kenner or whoever it was, they went to the studio, the movie studio, before the script even existed, and said, "Here are the toys. Do something with them." And like that movie was literally made as a toy commercial. like the toys existed before the movie was even written, right. and that is at yeah, I think that that's going on in Hollywood across the board, uh or at least in in the huge chunks of it,
1: and it's not uh, just toys anymore either. it's right. you know it's it's software, video games, yeah. You know, even food. I mean, like, I'm sure you remember when the Force. I I got sick of seeing it. Like, how many times do I need to see Star Wars characters on my boxes of food when I'm going to the grocery store? It was just, it was obnoxious. Right. But you know, they had all that, all those deals lined up before the movie was even made.
0: Yeah, yeah, and things have to look good on a can of soup. I mean, like that's and that's how they think. Right. And, and that's now. Not to say, let's be clear here. I mean all that is true. Not to say that George Lucas wasn't prey to this either because I think like I've I've recently been reading um some of the original scripts or some of the alternative scripts for Return of the Jedi. And as best as I can tell and I think Gary Kurtz has kind of hinted at this, um George Lucas made a lot of changes to Return of the Jedi to make money, you know, to to like, to do money with the, with, with the merchandising and everything. And what a shame because some of those scripts that I read for return of the Jedi, and that's my favorite star Wars movies folks. So don't think I don't like the movie, but I read some of these scripts and I was just like, Holy fuck. Is that amazing? You know, like that would have been a film that, I mean, it just would have been over like Hollywood would have crashed after the fact because there's no way you could have matched that shit. You know, 15 fucking death stars coming on. I mean, just like crazy (laughs) stuff and, 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 you know, and, and mind blowing.
1: Yeah. And Um, and 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 Wookiee battles and things like this. I mean, not that we don't like the Ewoks, but yeah, I mean, wouldn't you like to see, you know, Wookiee staring stormtroopers arms off? I would have. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, it, it just would have been insane what they had in mind. And
0: there's elements left in the in the in the movie that we see now today from those original scripts that were way more intense. Like when the emperor says the sanctuary moon, like sanctuary moon of what? And like you find out that what he what he's talking about is that Endor was a moon of Coruscant, and Coruscant's this whole city, and Endor was like this paradise moon that you right. could go and visit. That's why it was called the sanctuary moon because you right. went there to relax and get some nature in you.
1: And it's good point up because I remember in some of the the uh, art books, the concept art for Return of the Jedi, the, you know, they show uh, Vader and Luke in uh, uh, Palpatine's palace room on Coruscant.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so all of this is to say (laughs) is that money is ruining this shit. George Lucas isn't innocent in the matter, necessarily, because this guy also, I mean, let's be clear about this. Like, remember, was he on Charlie Rose or something? And he called Disney like the white slavers? Yes. Which, not wrong. You know, and he apologized for it after. But it's so funny because George Lucas is like, oh, these were always Disney movies. But yet that he knows that, you know, Disney is the worst of the worst. If you want to I don't know, t- pick your terms that you might want to run with to get offended by capitalism or colonialism or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Uh, I mean, hello, Pocahontas. You know, I mean, take your pick. And, you know, so for him
1: to bite his tongue and then. I mean, and, and this
2: well, is the that's, thing. That's the go ahead.
1: thing is I'm, I'm not going to let George off the hook either here, because, I mean, he really should have thought of all these things before he sold it to Disney. Yeah. I mean, if you really like, I, I don't think he appreciated how he was going to feel if Disney chose not to use his treatments. Mm-hmm. If he had really thought about how he would actually feel if they decide to go in another direction Maybe he would have stipulated in the deal that they had to use his story in yeah. some form or another. I know yeah. if I was in his shoes, I would have done that. But he chose not to, because I think at that point he was just he was kind of done with it and he wanted to move on. But he really didn't kind of it's kind of like hindsight is 2020 sort of thing. I think if you yeah. really thought about it. He wouldn't have gone about it the way he did. He might have still sold it to Disney, but he he wouldn't have gone about it the way he did.
0: Yeah, now, but I mean, admittedly, your point earlier about, well, they could have, uh, y- you know, like, like what could they do after episode nine if they went with George's, you know, treatment, which ended up with the forces gone? I mean, y- you could have spent so much time before the Republic, you know, I mean, like there's I think that there's a lot of prequel shit. Granted, right. as you as we've stated already in this episode, uh, Disney was being very hostile towards the prequels. In fact, Absolutely. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna feel good about Disney owning Star Wars, admittedly, until I hear the word midichlorians out of somebody. You know, I mean, because look, I mean I get it why people don't like them, but they're there. They're part right. of the process, folks. Okay. Right. Um and, and look, I really which, is, which is
1: weird because I mean it since the Disney tech takeover, we've heard more about the Wills than we yeah. ever did from George Lucas, and yet we're from apparently from George Lucas's opinion, the Wills and the midichlorians were basically the same thing, or right. at least intimately connected. Right, and that doesn't seem to be the case under Disney.
0: Yeah, I mean, we even got a we got Wills, we got we got Chirrut Imwe in,
1: uh, right. in the Galaxy's in the Edge Comics. Galaxy yeah, yeah, in yeah. Fact, that was yeah. one of my favorite ones too. Is that they 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 brought them in there.
0: Yeah, I thought that was really cool to see him. I knew he was coming too, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. But uh, regardless, <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah, I mean, there's things that Disney could have done with this, even if they went with George's story. I don't want to spend, I have a, there's like a side comment to make here. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it because I think it's a larger conversation that needs another episode. Um, but we talked about previously on TIE Fighter Renegades, we talked about the 25% difference with Paramount Star Trek and CBS's Star Trek. Not that that's a problem anymore. But some have argued that in the contract that George signed, he gets some kind of cut if his characters that he created get used.
1: I, actually, I, I, I'm i pretty sure that's been confirmed because I read an article about uh, the the Museum of Narrative Art mm. that he's opening here in Los Angeles, and he was interviewed for it. And there was some mention in there that he does receive some kind of royalties from Star Wars still.
0: Right. Okay. So, like, that's another reason why Bob Iger wouldn't use those treatments, because they were probably laced with Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, you know, everything that George has created. And so, and and the argument goes with this 25% difference thing is that to keep Lucas from getting a shit ton of money... Even though as a stakeholder in Disney, he's already going to do that. Um, That's why they've created all new characters and they've been trying to off the original characters as quickly as they could.
1: I actually suspect that George's treatment, yes, would have had more involvement from the original trilogy characters, but actually would have focused on the, or at least done a better job of focusing on the new characters. Hmm. Okay. Okay. It certainly would have like given we us characters, probably. Right, right. Yeah. Because originally Ray was called Kira, right. George Lucas's treatment. And right. that's what she's named in the, in the early concept art. Yes. And I think, I think she probably actually would have been a much more developed ca- character under George.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's, that's, that's believable. I, you know, um, I mean, I never really had a problem with, I mean, people can argue about his, his, uh, his dialogue or his directing style. Um, but I think he made great character or a lot of great characters. Very simply, he made some great characters. Yeah. Uh, so I could, I, well, I can see that dialogue,
1: dialogue can always be fixed. I mean, sure. you know, and you like the heck they had, uh, Carrie Fisher work on the, the scripts for the force awakens. So, I mean, yeah. You know, why not, why not bring her in to, to fix all the dialogue in, in the new trilogy? Unfortunately, she's not with us anymore, but you know, like I said, that, that stuff's fixable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I mean, the one thing I would have liked out of all this bottom line is would have been a vision. And George clearly had a vision. Right. Bob Iger is admitting they didn't go with it. And what they put in its place was a complete lack of vision. Like we were talking about earlier. I mean, a complete lack. And Star Wars is hurting from that. It's yeah. hurting really, really bad. Um, I mean, you have any thoughts on that, Rob? There is hope. Yeah.
1: You no, know, you know, like Yoda says, there is another yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we 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 still have Dave Filoni and I still think he's yes. he's pretty much the heir to the empire as it were. If yeah. not if not in control, but in in spirit. Yeah. And in vision. Yeah. I think if I think if Disney wanted to give Star Wars vision, they certainly have the turn the talent internally.
0: They have Filoni and you know what? They have somebody else if you want to shift gears to the next story in our in our news list here. They have Kevin Feige of Marvel, you know, and Marvel is. Well, it's at a turning point, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is anyway, Mm -hmm. you know, now that Endgame has come out and all this and we do have it is effectively official. This is from Variety. Marvel's Kevin Feige developing Star Wars movie for Disney. We don't know what exact role he's playing in that. But we predicted some time ago, remember when Feige was on the Star Wars show? Uh, we talked about it. Like, right. hey, you know, give, give, give this guy Star Wars. Let him take his ability to make a cohesive long-term whole out of a lot of great movies, or a lot of at least good movies, or movies that people will sit down and watch and not complain about, besides myself. Um, and, and let him do it. I mean, you know, Feige, I think, is one of those people, you know, that there is another. There are talented people. I mean, I yes, I say give it to Filoni, too. I'm, I'm totally on board with you on that. Though we do know because of an interview during Force Friday that Filoni is very hard at work with Jon Favreau on season two already. and We haven't even watched season one of right. The Mandalorian. Um, but I think if you had Feige clean this fucking mess up that Iger clearly created for whatever reasons. And George Lucas was totally right, I think, in being mad because he probably knew that, holy shit, they don't have a plan and they're not going to run with mine. What are you doing to my baby?
2: Yeah. Um, You know, this is
1: is really interesting because do you remember, and I think it's been uh, about a year ago that we heard that Disney's plan after episode nine was to give Star Wars a long break. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's obviously not going to happen now.
2: Well, not,
0: not on Disney plus's end. Yeah, that's for sure.
1: No, no, or ne- not even the movie ends.
0: Right. Oh you yeah. Know? Yeah. Because we know we have movies coming up at least 2022 or 2021.
1: Right. right. Sure. So it's, it's kind of interesting that, you know, um, they're, they're doubling down essentially. Yeah. And I don't know that it's necessarily the wrong move, um, I, I did at the time say that, you know, I think Star Wars could use a break, but of course, if, if, you know, the, the state that Star Wars is in right now, and if episode nine, you know, doesn't resonate with people, then yeah, I think they have to push on and like, keep on trying until they get it right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have to clean this up. I mean, you know, let me ask you this, Rob, what do you think is more important to this, this ship getting corrected? Uh, the ship being star Wars. Do you think the Mandalorian being successful or episode nine being successful? Like which one, of, which one of those do you think is the more important?
1: That's, that's tough because I mean, I, I, a lot of ways I see the Mandalorian is kind of being the future of yeah. Lucasfilm right now. Sure. But a lot is really, I mean, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to go with the Mandalorian because I think, I think, even even as i'm trying to temper my expectations like the 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 the, what they've built up in episode seven and episode eight there needs to be a lot of payoff in nine and i just don't see how it's going to happen
0: aha okay so you all right yeah all right so that's a good argument you're saying that the mandalorian has to be really really great because episode nine cannot possibly correct this ship. Like, I don't no think matter that, how I, good I, it is.
1: Yeah, I think it could start steering it in the right direction, but on mm-hmm. its own, there's no way it could write this ship on its own. And I think that's it's very gonna interesting. Be, it's going to be and and since and since Mandalorian is going to be more of a long form content, you know, than a movie, then.
0: Yeah. Sorry. No, that's all right. That's all right. No. <laughs> <laughs> We got the peanut gallery there. and I'm, yeah, glad, yeah. I'm glad to hear them, frankly. So, <laughs> those, those those barks can can get put out on the on the internets as much as they want. Uh, so, um, uh, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm with. I, I understand your argument. I think episode nine, as much as I think episode eight fucked things up, and I think it did. I think episode nine could really. In my opinion, there's only a couple things it really has to fix. I think it can be a good enough film. I don't know if JJ. Abrams can be the person that can make that good enough film.
1: That's but, my other problem, yeah,
0: yeah. but I, I do think that episode nine could be I just, yeah, what we hear about it, I don't know, but I think episode nine has to be for, for everybody else. I feel like episode nine has to be the biggest shit in the world. But I agree with you that that's a tall order, man. It is a mean. really
1: tall order, and like like before we even knew the title of Episode Nine, for the longest time, my 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 running name for the movie was Star Wars Episode Nine: The Return to Mediocrity. Because <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. uh, I tell you, I I yeah, I I don't know that JJ's the person to pull it off. Um, I I think I, I don't understand why people think he's so great um certainly he has pulled out some some decent films in the past but in my opinion he's had more misses than hits
0: i agree with you completely on that more misses than hits he's had hits like i thought alias was a great show um i lost was shit even though i'm glad he cast mirror Furlong. i
1: mean actually i'll say i enjoyed the first season or two of lost sure but after that it did yeah it just became a complete shit show
0: yeah yeah and it speaks to the fact that this guy can't wrap things up Right, um, which is scary, you know. Uh, yeah, fuck. I mean, you know, one thing I will say, like, t- just to bolster your point, I guess, is that when we were watching uh, the the Triple Force Friday presentation that 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 came out. Oh, I mean, Triple Force Friday. What is it, October fourth or whatever? Yeah, uh, Triple Force Friday, which they they did work. Davis, we're going to talk about it here in a few minutes. Um, when they were having the cast of the Mandalorian there the that cast was so excited to be doing to be doing anything that they were doing they seemed to be so excited to be a part of star wars it's where i really felt like the cast for rise of skywalker were just like eh, 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 you know like like I, I don't know i don't know so if the cast is excited for what the mandalorian's doing i feel very confident about the mandalorian and that yeah. maybe that will be the ultimate saving grace for star wars as it stands right now well i
1: it, mean the Mandalorian, from the very beginning, has has very much seemed like a passion project. True,
0: yep, that's so, true.
1: So, you know, whereas I don't get that feeling from, from any of the stuff that J.J.'s doing. So, uh, yeah. as much as he claims to love Star Wars.
0: Yeah, well, you have people who are far more tried and true involved with Mandalorian, that being uh, 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 John Favreau. Who of course, mm-hmm. did a great job. I'll give, I mean, I don't even like the Marvel movies, but I can admit he did a great goddamn job with the movies he was involved in. Yeah, Iron uh, Man was
1: great. In fact, that's yeah, hell yes, my one of my very favorite uh Marvel movies altogether. No, know? I agree. With, yeah. uh, it, it's it's a close tie between that and Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Yep, no, I agree with that completely. Uh, and yeah, John Favreau is awesome, and of course, Filoni Dave Filoni is the man. Um, so yeah, well. Anyway, I think this can lead into what we were talking about, which is that Feige is going to be coming in and making a Star Wars movie. Kevin Feige, of course, is the kind of the main brains behind, you know, what's happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and interconnecting everything. So it's certainly a great name and a name that's trusted by nerds and, you know, people like us, which we are nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Proudly. uh, Yeah, proudly, very proudly for our whole lives. Um, And... I, I can't help but think that, like, the thing is, the news is so nebulous that Feige's coming in that it feels like, okay, we just heard that George Lucas actually hates what Disney's doing with Star Wars, and so how do you combat that news? You say, well, we're bringing in the Top Gun, you know, and and that's 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 kind of what I feel like with this because we're not really getting much news as far as what the hell is Feige doing, you know? He okay, he's making a right. movie. But how is he making the movie? We don't know. They just wanted what, to toss out Feige and Star Wars. What do you is got? He,
1: is he producing? Is he directing? What, what is his level of involvement? You, know, you don't know. I mean, yeah, exactly. So, I yeah. mean, I, and, we, and we know in, in terms of Hollywood, you know, when you're an executive producer, that can mean just about anything. Right, right. I mean, it, it feels like damage control. But then
0: to do this damage control, bring in Feige, why, why do the damage of writing that shit in your book, Uncle Bob? You know, that George Lucas didn't doesn't like where you, what you're doing with his
1: baby. You know, I, I, I think that is part of the damage control. My opinion is, is that it's like, you know, we're admitting our mistake and now we're ah. past it. You know, like, yes. here you were right. You know, we were admitting to it. We're fessing up to it. Just get over it already. I, th- I feel like that's the statement from Bob Iger with this book.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. No, I, I think that's it, is that Bob has to come out, and this is, like, the cleanest way that he can say, holy shit, yeah, we screwed up with Star Wars, we're sorry, we're going to try and fix this right now. And, or do something. Um, right. Yeah, I, yeah I, think you're, I think you're right about that. I mean, how do you feel about overall? How do you feel about Kevin Feige, you know, moving in on Star Wars? Do you want eh. him to be the visionary under Kathleen Kennedy? I mean, what do you think?
1: Mm, not really, to be uh-huh. honest with yeah. you. Okay. Um. <sighs> You know, I just, I don't, I don't want to see Star Wars become the new Marvel Cinematic Universe. Star Wars is already its own thing. Nah, sure. And whether or not Feige can, you know, uh, integrate his own way of doing things into the Star Wars universe, it remains to be seen. Um, certainly you and I have our criticisms of, of the MCU, so do we really want to see some of that stuff that we don't like carry over to Star Wars? Even though it'd probably be really popular. Yeah, I mean, I hear that.
0: I would have been more excited if they said, "Yeah, James Gunn's going to make a Star Wars movie." I'd be like, "Oh, oh yeah." Well, okay, right? Yeah, (laughs) sign me up for that one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'd I'd be very excited for that. Um, But I mean, there's a part of me that's like, "Well, okay, as long as it's temporary." And eventually you do hand it over to Filoni, which I know you feel the same way, Rob about, you know, give it to Filoni. Yeah. If it's temporary to just like kind of help correct the course a little bit. I'm okay with that. Ultimately though, for me, it has to end up in Filoni's hands. Um, If there's going to be a grand vision he's the guy who has it. Go ahead. And
1: this just kind of reinforces my, my decision to, to see the Mandalorian as kind of being the, 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 main thing that is going to further the future of star Wars, because Basically, Filoni is cutting his teeth on live action with the Mandalorian. Yes. So if he can do this, then they can, and it's, and it, and it, you know, the investment pays off and the Mandalorian does really well, which I hope it does. uh, Then they say, okay, uh, give him a movie. Right. And and after they give him a movie, they say, okay, give him a trilogy.
0: Yeah. And then maybe, you know, give him, give him control. Yeah. Game and then Kathleen
1: Kennedy says, you know, okay, I'm retiring. Dave's taking over.
0: Yeah. 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 I think that's all our, our that's all our, our dreams. Uh, right. I mean, that's certainly what I want because I just, I think that guy's fantastic. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so I, well, I guess that covers the Fikey news. You got anything else you want to add on to that?
1: No, not really. Like I said, I've just kind of like, I'm, 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 I'm worried about too much crossover with, with the way Marvel does things. So, uh, right. you know, like said, I said, I hope that isn't the case. Um, and hey, if it is the case, that's just all the more reason to, you know, get him out and and get Filoni in. You know, that's I true. Almost, I almost kind of hope that then what Mandalorian does fantastically well and Feige shit, you know, bombs.
0: Right, because then they know who the goods are or where the right. goods are. Yeah,
1: Right.
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I could take that too. I'm 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 game for that. So. Uh, Well, anyway, yeah, again, I I thought it was interesting, and and, and yeah, you're right, this is all damage control. None of it's actual damage, it's all damage control, or at least perceived uh, by the people at Disney. So maybe we'll end up talking about that a little more later on during our question of the month. Um, Now, speaking of uh, more that Disney is doing, and certainly, well, I don't feel like this is correcting the ship, but they did a huge presentation on, I guess, was this the 26th of September? Which was getting everybody ready for what they are calling Triple Force Friday. So it's called Triple Force Friday because it's concentrating on Rise of Skywalker, Jedi Fallen Order, the game from EA, and The Mandalorian. And basically you had Warwick Davis presenting <laughs> all of that uh, for about for about 50 minutes. He's just flapping his yap, and we get... Um, Some of the people from the Star Wars show, they were, um, they were all, you know, interviewing. You had various cast members come on, um, from episode nine, you had interviews of people involved with Fallen Order you had, uh, and of course people involved with the Mandalorian.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was basically just a, what is it? A 45 minute commercial. Yeah, it was
0: really a 45 minute toy commercial. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 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 I mean, across the board. Um, I'm amazed that they can do this sort of thing and that they even think that this sort of thing is worthwhile to do this kind of presentation a week before any of these toys even drop. Um, I mean, there were some things in it that were kind of interesting. I was intrigued to see that they did a book trailer uh, for one of the lead-ups to Rise of Skywalker, uh, which I haven't seen one of those for Star Wars in probably 20 years um right. Shadows of the Empire. Sure, or you know, like a uh, Vector Prime had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. mean, it, you know, it was interesting to see that. uh You did have the Fallen Order segment. They did do a trailer for Fallen Order. Do you want to buy this game now after seeing that two-minute trailer? No.
1: Yeah. It's, <laughs> Me it's, neither. <laughs> it's okay. It's it's been what uh five, six months since we saw the first trailer. Right. And uh I don't see any improvements. Uh, the game still looks worse than games they were developing in 2013, that being Star Wars 1313.
2: Yeah,
0: and in fact, it surprises me. The game looks so graphically unimpressive. Not that I need great graphics, but it's so graphically unimpressive. Why is it not coming out for Switch? Like that—that's still mind-boggling. Yeah. Uh, because that's always the argument. It's like, well, it's not it's too graphically intense for the Nintendo console. That's not true for Fallen Order. Um, but even the gameplay, I mean, it looks a lot like Force Unleashed, which those games weren't terrible. In fact, I really I liked the first one, especially. Um, but I don't know that that that's not well, we'll talk more about this a little later uh talking about another game but it didn't look like the combat didn't look as deep and as impressive as star wars games i've seen in the past uh, yeah. namely looking at you kyle katarn
1: and, and the, the surprising thing is is it uses the unreal engine which we know is capable of much more than what we're seeing absolutely yes yeah yeah absolutely yeah. So that, that
0: didn't impress me either. Nothing really to talk about there. The only thing I did like is I guess they're coming out with a deluxe edition that comes with a very nice looking controller. Like it has an Imperial symbol on it and everything. Oh, and,
1: you have to buy the game to get that?
0: Well, I'm hoping they're going to sell it separately. Cause yeah, I'll, me I'll build too. one. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I thought it looked really, really slick. I mean, uh, I, I just
1: used it as a PC controller.
0: No, right. Same here. Yeah. (laughs) But it's a good looking one. Uh, So, so I'm hopeful for that. I thought that was interesting. Um, there was, I think it's when they were having doing some of the Rise of Skywalker toys and they had Carrie Russell there. And did it look like her character was in a Y Wing? Like the Lego version of her character was in a Y Wing with that little Dio robot or uh, a droid?
1: Yeah. Um, I guess. I mean I yeah. didn't, I didn't really I was, pick up on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was confused in by it too. Go in ahead. fact, they kind of made some some sort of like low-key like character, you know, uh, reveals with some of those Lego toys. Like mm-hmm. characters we haven't heard of before.
0: Yes, right. Yeah, this is true. I felt like we got some names that we weren't exactly supposed right. to know. And that's
1: all we got that's all we got were names. Well this not the first time this has happened. Lego right. has leaked, you know, new Star Wars characters. Uh, for the sequel trilogy several times.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, And that's partly because of, like, I mean, I've, you know, Lucasfilm doesn't have to make any mistakes in pre-recorded little skits that they basically did for this. But Lego, I think by law out of Germany, does have to, like, declare certain things, and that's how people find out about a lot of this shit. Right. So those leaks are legit leaks. Like, those are really leaks uh, as to where when Lucasfilm does something, I don't, it's more calculated
1: right but the fact that they're doing it in this you know this commercial this 45 minute commercial is kind of it feels like their way of sort of heading it off it's like yes we acknowledge that this information is going to be out there.
2: <laughs> right we <laughs> so can't we're avoid talking,
1: it we're talking about it now but we're not going to say anything about these characters yeah. other than their names
0: yeah uh, one of the more interesting toys too was uh it, it verified that leaked which i think this was a leak um the leak of the that that Concept or not concept art, but it was the art that was meant to be on some kind of cereal box or something for episode nine. And remember, it had C three PO with the bowcaster, right? You know, holy yes. trees bowcaster. Well, there, there's a toy of that. So yeah, yeah. As best as we can tell, that's you know a that's real the thing. real deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. when that was one of the things people were pointing at that said, no, that's crazy. Like this can't be real art for episode nine, because they'd never do that with C-3PO. Well, I guess they are.
2: Wrong. Uh, Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, There was a interesting little animated short that you could watch done by Funko, which I I like Funko Pops fine, Um, but it was was with Lando and Ray on the Millennium Falcon. That was kind of cute, but meaningless. Uh, Any thoughts on that, Rob? I
1: hate Funko Pops personally.
0: Whoa, that is a conversation. I am writing this down. This is going to be a conversation for another episode. (laughs) Why does Rob hate
1: Funko Pops?
0: If you hear my keyboard. It's
1: it's, it's really simple. I can say it right now. I I just, their eyes, they disturb me. It's like looking into inky black oblivion. You know, that's very interesting that it doesn't bother me because I have that
0: same problem. Uh, Very quick story. Event Horizon done by my favorite director of all time. Yes. uh, Paul
1: Anderson. Paul Anderson. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, event horizon there is a point in that movie where you see sam oh sam neil whatever his wife and she has no eyes yeah and that terrified. i i literally didn't sleep for like 40 hours oh, i remember uh, after even, i
2: go ahead even
1: even as a kid earlier than that i remember the x-files did that you know with oh the with the black eyed kids yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah yeah good call i don't know why that doesn't yeah because boy that terrified
0: the fuck out of me in event horizon when i was a teenager
1: yeah there's there's anyway. uh there's a comic book store where i live yeah. And I was just checking this place out for the first time a while back. And I walk in and they're big on fun- Funko Pops. Sure. So so big that they cover every wall of the store. So you walk in this place and Holy you just hell. feel like the forces of hell are like peering <laughs> out <at> you, <laughs> into your soul and through you. <laughs>
0: that That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, it's funny, though. I'm looking at my Funko Pops and I'm realizing actually a lot of them don't have those eyes. So maybe that's why it's. Like, I have Lord Drake on. He has a a Power Rangers helmet on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tuxedo mask is wearing his white thing over his eyes. Neo has sunglasses on.
1: Right. So... Maybe the ones where it shows those beady black eyes, I hate those.
0: Yeah, yeah. So much. It's just, yeah, maybe I just didn't think about it. Well, anyway, now I'm going to, now I'm going to be terrified.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Rob. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, I exist, if nothing not, to spread terror throughout the world.
0: (laughs) Like a Death Star through the... No, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, well, anyway, uh, one of the one of the other interesting things in this is that we did get a very short clip, and it was maybe the only thing that made it worthwhile. We did get a very short clip of Jean Favreau and Dave Filoni standing together. On set, it appeared, uh, even though you didn't see much, saying, we're here hard at work on season two of The Mandalorian, which I thought... I mean, we already knew this, that Favreau said he was writing it already. Right. But... Um, but this was nice to see him in Filoni. That I thought that was a real show of frankly a show of strength. Um yeah. and I mean that is that is Disney's death star right there is those two boys working together. Right. Uh, well, but at least we think so. We won't know until we actually see the Mandalorian, which by the way, this wasn't announced then, but you can sign up. You can pre-order uh Disney Plus now.
1: And Didn't you get seem like That seems strange to you? Yes. pre-ordering a streaming service? Yeah, and you get seven days free. So you don't even have to pay I mean, up front. Yeah. That, I mean, that definitely feels like an escalation in the quote streaming wars. Yeah. I, I, this is
0: really, I think, a way to, I mean, you got to please investors for one, but mm-hmm. it is also to just like have that crazy number and just, I guess, well, here's your Death Star, you know, try and right, shape boots to right. Netflix.
1: Here's, here's how much money we've made and we haven't even put any content out yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I get it why you're doing that, but, fuck i hate that the other thing too right. the, the other side of that coin i think is also to gauge interest is how many people will get on this ahead of time sight unseen and that, i
1: don't i don't know i mean like they already know people are interested in i mean all you i got, would think it, go ahead i mean all you got to do is is i mean they just say that we have marvel and star wars content and that's yeah. that's, that's going to create interest all on its own, just on the, 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 recognition of those two brands. Sure. No, so, I agree. Yeah, no, I, 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 totally think it's for bragging rights. Yeah. Okay. No,
0: fair enough. I mean, and I do agree with you because I think Disney plus is going to be an instant winner. I mean, I already pre-ordered it. Fuck, you know, seven days free. Fine. And and if I do find that it's shit, I'll, I'll, I'll ditch it. Uh, but of course <laughs> folks make sure that you, uh, you know, you frequent your, uh, your public library on the internet uh, It might go by the initials of TPB uh, you can go look that up if you want. <laughs> and I'm sure you can get all the content that you want. Uh, and, and, you know, whatever. I don't care if Disney hears me say that anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Well, anyway, I, I don't know how much else there is to say about the Triple Force Friday um, um presentation overall. I mean, it was amazing to see all of those cast members, even Daisy Ridley, schlepping off these toys. I think it does point at, well, Rob, you tell me what this points at. You know, is this where the money lies? Tell me about it.
1: Um I don't know because like uh mm. did you look at all the unsold product from The Last Jedi. Ah have you I mean like these toy stores are going out of business because of this shit. Cause they bought in big time and it didn't pay off. Well this is the int- yeah,
0: you raise a great point because this is interesting in that kids don't buy toys anymore. Like not that I've seen. You know, they just want to get shit on their tablet or on their smartphone
1: or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Well, I, I do think that the 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 Dio remote control, the app controlled toy, uh-huh. I think that'll be big. Yeah. As they sold gangbusters on the BB8 one. Right. From Sphero. Right. Um, yeah,
0: I maybe the Funko Pops will sell. You know what the, the thing with the Funko Pops? is that because they made a big deal out of those, most people I know who have, who have collected those and have been collecting them for a few years, they're trying to sell off their collections, not because they need yeah. the money. Just it, they take over your house. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's they're pretty bad. Babies. Right. They're beanie babies. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think yeah. people get like, holy, fuck, And they're not, these, even, they're not even toys. I mean, you don't play with right? them. No, 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 no. I, I mean, they're to me, they're just things that show off your fandom and they're like rare. Like where else right. can I get a Tron figure? But are you know, they rare? <laughs> well, they're yeah, I, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that that's a good point. I don't know. This this could be an interesting lesson for Disney, um, but they're definitely well.
1: They've you know, had two chances to learn it, and they haven't yet. So, I yeah, know, you know, yeah. Uh, I think what it's going to take it's going to take uh, the the toy store saying, uh, yeah, we're not going to order as much as your shit as we used to, just mm-hmm. based on the brand name. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll. we'll see. I, I'd be interested to see uh, these figures, and I don't mean the action figures we saw those. I mean the, the dollar signs. Yeah. Uh, what that ends up looking like. So, well, anyway, I mean, what do you have any uh, any other thoughts on the uh, whole triple Triple Force Friday or the presentation leading up to it? No, not really. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, well, let's uh, let's switch gears here to, uh, well, the switch, uh, the Nintendo Switch, and that being just real quickly I'll talk about it uh, this is a game that I know in fact Rob I don't think this is your favorite Star Wars game but it's got to be up there it's up there oh yeah yeah uh, on September 24th uh, it was released for the Nintendo switch uh, Jedi Jedi Knight 2 Jedi outcast um, was was released without multiplayer grant you which to me makes it almost pointless not almost. It's not really, I mean, because it's still a great story and, and Kyle Katarn's a great character. Um, but I, I, how do you feel about this, Rob? I mean, th- you know, this release, how do you feel about the lack of multiplayer? I mean, is this something you think people should pick up for their Switch uh, now if they've never played it?
1: What do you think? Um, I don't think it's a bad thing mm-hmm. uh, in itself. It's only 10 bucks, uh, by the way, for those. Yeah, are- yeah no, it's, 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 it's a good deal. And, and I could definitely see the appeal of wanting to to play that on the go on the Switch. Mm-hmm. um i just think it's kind of sad when you know the uh the high bar for star wars gaming these this days these days being able to play old games on modern systems
0: yeah and this isn't the first one that's going to be coming out um they are also jedi academy will be coming out eventually which that mm-hmm. one i do think that if it doesn't come with multiplayer the multiplayer is the strengths for these games like it's it's what gives them their longevity um but I do think Jedi Academy has such a strong story and different directions you can go with the story, where you could be light or dark. Right, Just that, like
1: the original Jedi Knight.
0: Yes, yes. That I think that is worthwhile if it only comes out, um, if it only comes out at with the single player campaign. I feel like Jedi Outcast without the multiplayer. I mean, for ten bucks, I guess it's worth a drop, but. I don't think it's as worthwhile and it would have been great to do if, if it came out with its multiplayer. Uh, but I think it's better, you're better off like having a GameCube or something like if, or just having it on windows cause you can certainly get it there. Right. Um, but I think you're better off getting it for like GameCube and that way you can do the four player multiplayer, uh, right there in, you know, on a couch and, yeah. and that's a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I don't have ahead. a switch yet. I might eventually, but, sure. um, I'm, I'm not in any hurry to pick this up. I've already paid for this game three times now. Yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> it is that good. I mean, when you play yeah, it is. right, it is that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I bought it on uh, when when it came out. On, I bought the original game when it came out. I still have my discs. I right. bought it on Steam, and then I bought it again on GOG.
0: Yeah, same here. Same here on the GOG and Steam. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great game, Uh it's interesting that we don't have any other Star Wars games on what is arguably the most popular console in the world right now, uh, for varying reasons. Um, again, I think this is Disney just dropping the ball as far as games go. Now, they, Star might Wars be,
1: they might be testing the waters with this, too. To see That's how. fair.
0: That's fair. Though I don't want to have to like spend, I don't know, I don't want to prove that Star Wars is worthwhile on on a console. By playing something or by buying something that is missing half of the game that I love. I mean, uh, yeah, but,
1: but I know, hear you. You know, what would be really ideal for the Switch is if mm. they put Pod Racer on it.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Which that was a huge N sixty four game. Racer yeah. was one of the m- big, yeah. big games for that system. In fact,
1: the other game too is since it never came out on PC. If they put uh, the uh, the Jedi Starfighter game. Uh, oh yeah. Switch, I'd buy that.
0: Yeah, or Racer Revenge. Uh, mm-hmm. Any of those are, are worthwhile entries on, on the Switch. Yeah, I, I agree with you there completely. Um, yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens with that. Uh, I, I think if you've never played this game, I think it's worthwhile to pick up for 10 bucks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, but if you've played it, you're missing half the game here. I think not having the multiplayer, and there's no talk of there ever being the multiplayer for it.
1: I mean, it depends.
2: It's not distractive.
0: Go ahead. Like
1: some people just don't like multiplayer. I'm not huge into multiplayer myself, so it's like if I didn't already have the game uh, on GOG where it's DRM free, uh, I might buy it again on the Switch in this form. Yeah, because mostly what I'm interested in is a single player.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way usually. Just the Jedi Knight games were the rare exception where I was like, "Fuck this multiplayer is so goddamn good!" And like,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was great. In fact, even the multiplayer from from the original Jedi Knight was yeah. was pretty trend setting at the time yes so yeah like i mean the, the it's it's been one of the few times where i've actually enjoyed multiplayer games but as a general rule goes i'm mostly when i buy a game i'm mostly in it for the single player the multiplayer is just kind of like a nice little add-on
0: yeah i mean just the lightsaber combat in these games is so deep so rich so solid that it's worth it for that but yeah when Jedi Academy comes out, uh, they haven't put a date on it, but when that comes out for switch, that's going to be an instant buy for me because I think this, even the, the single player is, is just great in that the story is awesome. Luke Skywalker's there. It's, it's really cool. Um, anyway. Okay. So we, we can switch up from that. Why don't we go into our fan production of the, of the month Rob? And, uh, speaking of lightsaber battles, well, that's all this is. And it is Kylo Ren versus Darth Vader. Um, and this was a fan production, fan film, if you want to call it that. Uh Rob, what, what did you think of this one? You know what? I'm sorry, I missed it. Oh, you, oh, that's uh, all right. Yeah, that's all yeah. right. Because you know what? It was good, but you didn't miss a lot. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely check it out after we're done.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no worries on that. Um, so this is one, it's about 10 minutes long. It's worth watching, but the, there's not enough dialogue and it's just a lightsaber battle. I heard another star Wars podcast talk about it and say, they thought it was really cool. I didn't, I mean, it was good. It's, I mean, you know, the effects wise, it looks right. And it's easy mm-hmm. to do a couple of characters that are
1: wearing a mask. Uh, right. That's, you know, that's the thing is like, this has all been done before, you know, that's sure. kind of like the thing, like when, when you're making a, a homemade star Wars video is, is like, well, the easiest thing to do is do lightsaber battles. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, very, very true. Very true. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it was, it was good for what it was. It's interesting to kind of watch, uh, and to consider, I'm certain actually after you read the Kylo Ren comic book, you'd love to see Darth Vader versus, uh, Kylo Ren, you know, and see what that would shape up as, um, let me ask you this, Rob, I mean, who do you think would actually win?
1: Darth Vader.
0: Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. That's the. I don't want to give anything away, but whatever. I mean, anyway, it's.
1: I mean, if we had if we had Kylo Ren killing some more Zillow beasts, you know, actually in the movies and stuff, then maybe, maybe he'd have a chance. But as it stands, the the, the character right now, yeah, Darth Vader would just wipe the floor with them.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I agree with that. I agree with that. So anyway, folks, you can check this out if you want. Um, we have some very some in upcoming months. We have some interesting. Uh, uh, picks that I think might be more worthy of a watch. But this is something that was going around, a little popular, worthwhile checking out, I guess. So anyway, Fan Production of the Month, we got that out of the way. Let's get into what, for a lot of people, is their favorite uh, part of the show. And that is the Question of the Month. And I kind of got a doozy here. Because I I was thinking about this, or I think it's a doozy anyway, because I was thinking about this, and actually you shared with me, Rob, a story That kind of led me to led me down this road as well. But I was thinking about it when thinking about how wow, you know, Disney, you know, is is not doing the best job with Star Wars, like we were talking about throughout this. Um, there are some weird things going on with Indiana Jones 5 right now, uh, that we, we won't get into here, but like just just odd production updates that I don't really understand. And then there was it was a story you shared with me, Rob, about the guys who made what was that movie? The movie about where everybody had to be quiet. Um,
1: um oh, was it like the Quiet Room or something like that? Or um,
0: yeah, I'll, I'll think yeah.
1: of it in a second. Yeah, but yeah, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. in
0: In any case, um, it was they basically were asked, you know, they created a new property, you know, a new IP. And they were basically asked, you know, hey, would you like to come and make a Star Wars movie? Like, you know, Kathleen Kennedy or whoever approached them um, about doing it. And they said no. And the reason that they said no was because, no, how about, you know, you make something original. Right. Instead of just like these, you know, these, these, these what they, I guess, would consider to be tired franchises. I don't know. And it was interesting to consider, like. Should we I get my question that I was going to ask is should Dis, should Lucasfilm granted that's under Disney make new IP should they make new properties you know beyond yes. Star Wars and Indiana Jones you say yes
1: Yes absolutely in fact I fear for the future of Lucasfilm as as a company if they don't because I think they're going to stagnate and get complacent and the creative talent that makes the company what it is is going to atrophy if they don't work on new stuff and they're stuck in the sandboxes of star Wars and Indiana Jones. See,
0: that's what I kind of wonder about. Like, is there like, is Lucasfilm really? I, I know to some degree operationally it's separate from Disney, but is it really, you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, I mean, Disney they,
0: or go ahead, go ahead.
1: The, 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 the people that are there now are largely the people that were there when George is running things. So I think in terms of the, the spirit of Lucasfilm is still in there because the employees are still there. Mm-hmm. But here again, I fear for the talent working there that has been there and that will continue to work there. If they're not able to literally think outside the box.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I see where you're coming from. I mean, in granted Lucasfilm has done, uh, you know, they did Howard the Duck, which, ironically, actually, that's Marvel, isn't it? <laughs> like, even though they made the movie. Um,
1: Willow. Willow, which,
0: you know, uh, I was surprised during that Triple Force Friday presentation. They actually opened it up showing um, Warwick Davis as Willow. Like, he he, he started a story. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And there are, people may not know this, but I think it's Deborah Chester. She wrote sequel books to Willow. Uh, right. so there's more to that story out there. Um, there was the, the movie about the, uh, the fighter pilots from world war two, the black fighter pilots, uh, right. um, it was it the Tuskegee airmen or whatever? No, um,
1: it was just, it was like red tails or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something's
0: right. Right, right, red right, t- Yeah. So, I mean, they've done other movies.
1: Mm-hmm. Captain EO.
0: Okay, fuck. Captain EO was so great. Yeah. You know, God damn it. Yeah, I wish they would, but I guess if ultimately it feels like Star Wars, what we've seen so far, as Star Wars has to fall under the same bean counting and focus group approval that the Marvel movies do. Right. I'm just,
1: and that's why I say I'm worried. Yeah, I, I just I don't know what. You, go ahead. When you subject creative talent to essentially the machine, yeah, it 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 like I said it atrophies and it dies.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I worry. Um Oh shit, another one, Labyrinth. Was oh that, that was Luke's Yep. God damn it. Yeah. And and all and a lot of that's good shit. You mm-hmm. know, like I mean Captain Neo's awesome, Willow was awesome, Labyrinth was awesome. Um yeah, I, I just don't know how, how much operationally they're separate And and I guess I do want, yes, I do, ultimately, do I want to see original IPs from fucking anybody in Hollywood?
1: Of course I do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I it's, really, it's, really do. It's it's, it's a huge risk for these companies, these big companies, though, at least the way they think it is. Um, yeah. And, and and that is another reason, perhaps, to hope for the success of future Star Wars, because if Star Wars is really successful, then maybe they can afford to do some prestige films that yeah. aren't Star Wars or Indiana Jones related.
0: Yeah, I guess if, basically, if Lucasfilm operates kind of like, so, I mean, uh, well, I'll say this straight, fuck the U.S. military, Uh, but (laughs) (laughs) but if if it operates, just as as an analogy, if it operates like, so the Marines and the Navy actually have the same budget, okay? The U.S. Marines and the U.S. Navy have the same budget. The Marines are like 8% of the U.S. Navy budget. That's all they get. But they are functionally a separate unit. Okay, right. like like they, they are a separate organization functionally. So if Lucasfilm operates much like the Marines do to the Navy's budget, then yes, I want Lucasfilm to come out with separate IP because maybe they have some control and can do things somewhat a little bit differently than Marvel.
1: Right. Uh, well, or some, something that these these um uh, I think they were they were writers and the name of the movie was The Quiet Place.
0: Yes, that's it. Yes.
1: Um and and they even brought up the point is you know like when you have huge creative forces like Disney and Lucasfilm, they kind of have a responsibility to like, kind of keep imagination alive and not just with the same shit over and over and over again. Sure. You know, there's, there's kind of, there's, there is, there's, there's a, 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 in order to, to retain people's loyalty to, you know, their, their money-making machines, you know, they they do kind of owe a debt in a way to, and I hate saying this, but to society, mm-hmm. and to introduce new ideas.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I I think it behooves them to be the risk takers when they're in the position to do so. Yeah, you know, and not yeah. tank. Um,
1: like I, said, yeah. I, I almost say like you know, like I said, if they want to maintain, you know, the the empire that they have, then I'd almost say it's 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 you know. Not only behooves them, but it's incumbent upon them to, like I said, to, to take those risks because they're the ones that can afford it more than anybody else.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, and it is, it, as an example, even with Star Wars kind of a part of this, I mean, Francis Ford Coppola took a chance on George Lucas. Right. Bringing him into American Zoetrope back in the, you know, back in the 70s or whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then Al took a chance on him again with Star Wars. Right. Because the right. studios people, they didn't get it. And Alan Ladd didn't get it, but he saw American Graffiti and that, you know, that this guy's a brilliant director. I don't yeah, care what I, kind of crazy story he writes, he's going to deliver something that makes money.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I, I think, you know, in Coppola with American Zoetrope was trying to do just that, was trying to bring creativity back at the time uh, to what I guess he felt was stale. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I I I see your point, and I think that's fair. And I think the Lucasfilm brand, at the very least, should stay relevant. It should not just get folded into Disney, uh, you know, entirely. And and yeah, so I'm I'm with you. I I think I mean I'm for Hollywood creating new IP in general, uh, but for Lucasfilm to do it, uh, it would be nice to see the creative minds, John Knoll, and go down the list of them who are still Mm -hmm. at Lucasfilm, bring their very unique and powerful talents. To something new besides Star Wars, that would be nice. Well, I'm with not, you. Go not ahead.
1: not even that, but like the new people coming up through the company now, mm-hmm. who, you know, like John Knoll and um, uh, Dennis Muren and yeah. all those guys. You know, they they had their opportunities to work on the new exciting IP, which was Star Wars, Indiana Jones, in and and their day. Right. You know, like. It, it is it's kind of incumbent upon lucasfilm and disney to provide those same opportunities to the creative talent of today because like i said if you don't then those yeah. people's minds are just going to be trapped yeah. in those sandboxes for all of eternity and they're never going to be able to imagine everything is going to be an iteration of those yeah. universes that they're working in rather than having anything truly unique And, you know, imaginative.
2: Yeah.
0: What would you say? What if Dave Filoni said, you know, just once I want to make something that's not Star Wars. Can we put that out through Lucasfilm? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would love to see that, frankly. It would probably be all about wolves but <laughs> i would watch it <laughs> yeah right because <laughs> he has some kind of obsession <laughs> with, with wolves but i would watch it uh, i and i i would love to see it and i'd love to give him the chance because i already know that he's a brilliant creator much like lucas was when alan ladd you know had to had to had to give the confidence
2: right
0: um so yeah okay no fair enough so yeah lucasfilm let's let you know make this a brand and have it put out yeah, some 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 new uh some new
1: franchises.
0: You know, some some new stories. I'm game.
1: So anyway, um you got anything else you want to add on that, Rob? No, like I said, I much said my piece on that. i and I and I do. I feel really strongly about this. So yeah. I, I really I I hope this is a wake up call for them. And good on uh, and I found the article is uh, the screenwriter's names Scott Scott Beck and Brian Woods. Good on you guys for, for calling Lucasfilm on this. And yeah. um, turning down what would probably have been you know, a really well-paying job and, and sticking to your principles. So I, I, applaud both of these guys. Same here.
0: Same here. Absolutely. Uh, well done. Well done. So why don't we go ahead and take our, do our little thermometer check on where star Wars sits. Uh, Rob, how are you feeling about star Wars right
2: now?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm feeling okay about star Wars. Except I am really looking forward to Mandalorian. I, I really hope it is as successful as I hope, you know, I, we're both hoping that it is, um, I'm I'm still cautiously optimistic about you know episode nine. We'll have just have to wait and see how that turns out.
0: Yeah, yeah, same. Um, yeah, I think I feel exactly the same. Actually, is that yeah I'm 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 feeling like Mandalorian's going to do something great, uh, and you know we'll 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 see what happens uh, from there. And episode nine, boy, it better be fucking great. But
1: and I and and even if both of those things don't pan out, we still have another season of Clone Wars coming. And I know I've already seen some of that so yeah. i know there's some quality stuff coming there
2: yeah
0: that's going to be awesome that that clone wars is definitely if anything we're going to get more of that and that's going to be worth worth everything so uh all right well we'll wrap this one up and uh yeah feeling feeling cautiously optimistic is that what you'd say rob yeah yeah fair enough so for your month of uh september 2019 with star wars we're coming up hot on mandalorian and episode nine tie fighter renegades Signing off. We'll see y'all next month. Avoid legal snags by telling people they're being recorded. (laughs) 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 Do as I say, not as I do. Hey, Microsoft. Can
1: you hear me now? (laughs) Yeah, right.
0: NSA. What the fuck? <laughs> it literally said that right across the top. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, okay. <laughs>
1: Does it give you a notification that we're that we're recording no. at all? No, I it didn't. doesn't. No, I didn't like it. Your the the uh, the video just did cut out and came back right. in for a quick second, but it didn't indicate that you were recording. That's hilarious, though. That's very interesting. Okay, well, I might use. Go ahead. Avoid avoid legal troubles by informing people that you're being recorded. But, of course, that doesn't matter if you are the law. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, We might use this for an outtake or something.
2: (laughs) It's great. All right. Well, let's let's start up. Let's actually start the show. (laughs) Here we go.